Today's episode of the All 82 is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla. I actually drive a Tesla, it's awesome, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to warriorsall82.robinhood.com. That's warriorsall82.robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, recommendation, or solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield APY on invested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Warriors All 82 Podcast. Another losing edition. Uh, Tim Cato with me for what was the third beatdown of the season by the Dallas Mavericks. The Warriors. Nine straight Warriors losses. Did you know they won four in a row before that nine straight? Were you that's you probably were aware because the Mavericks came in and the Warriors were going for five straight and they still haven't won since then. I actually was not aware. Oh, I, I had no go. clue. They they won four in a row. This team, this Warriors team, randomly. So they were what it would have been at the time. Not so they're thirty three. They were five and twenty four. Hadn't even won two straight all year, and then they randomly at home. Ripped off four in a row, which included that uh, Christmas game, which I assume you're at least aware of that one, where they beat the uh, Rockets on Christmas. That was like in the middle of this sudden hot streak. And nobody actually thought they were going to like sniff the playoffs, but at the time it was like kind of funny because remember how, I mean, the the eight seed is still bad, but it was like, wow, it was, it was like, wow, they're only actually like five back in the loss column of the eight because like the the Spurs are 14 and 18 or whatever it was at the time. Um, But any thought of that was put to bed by what has been a terrible nine game losing streak. Um, And within that is two losses to the Mavericks, three this season. I believe they've given up 142, 141 and 124 to the Mavericks just absurd three-point shooting. Uh, Dallas is the best offense in the league. Yeah, your stat is like, I mean, it's just math, but the, it's 410 points? 400, 407. 407. Uh, it, was, it was called your stat by Marcus Thompson when we were uh, both uh, peeing after the game. He was like, get a load of this Anthony Slater stat. stat. And so... Um, that's your stat now. But, yeah, apparently. Quite a visual. <laughs> hey, man, I, I am about keeping it real with the listener. <laughs> and I just felt that was important. But, um, you know, very sim- symbolic of uh, how these games have gone, maybe. Um, What's but, yeah. the Mavericks offensive rating this year now? It's, oh, man, it's uh, 105.3, but it's going up. Yeah, or 115, thank you, yeah. So I think coming into this game, it was tied with the last year's Warriors as the best ever. Which is crazy because, I mean, like, the Warriors, I mean, it's just, I guess it's, it almost seems like new offensive records are getting set every year because of, like, the three-point explosion and everything like that. But, I mean, it made sense when those Warriors teams were setting records because it was like, this is... Katie and stuff. Yes. Yeah. With Clay as, like, a spacer and Draymond as the facilitator. Uh, DeMarcus, even, if you want to include that last year. Um, But it doesn't, I, you know, Luca. Hin himself is a very good offense as a top 10 NBA offense. The Mavericks, to me, don't have a roster you would assume is anywhere near historic level offense. 
Yeah, I, I think that the stats nerds would, like, try to adjust the offensive rating for the historic, you know, like, this is the average of the league. Anyway, I don't care about that stuff, you know. Um, I agree with you. It, it's not – it's a funky lineup. It, it's it's weird that this Mavs team, even without Porzingis, you know, is just easily cruising their way to a win to, a you know, 124 points, I think. Uh, you know, just it's it's uh, it's impressive, but but I think this team just fits together. I, I think that you see that more and more in games like this. That you know, every single player has a very defined role on this team. They all they all uh, you know kind of have strengths and and the weaknesses are covered up. So it, it's a it's a high level, high functioning basketball team. And I also think you know Carlisle always gets. Uh, you know, more out of his team than, you know, the sum of its parts, you know, the, the, that whole expression. It's a very Carlisle team, this one. So the the Mavericks and Warriors kind of have like a, a non-rivalry uh, relationship in the sense of like the Mavericks were very good at the start of the decade, culminated obviously in, in their title in eleven. Um, and then right as the Warriors were rising, like the Mavericks took a fat dip. That's really kind of when Dirk was really started to fade. Um, and, you know, zero – the Warriors obviously just had that five-year run where they went to the finals five straight seasons and played zero playoff series against Dallas, which is almost stunning to think about because, I mean, Dallas is th- – I know they were down, but they're still considered somewhat one of the top-tier Western Conference franchises as a whole. Uh, but now Dallas is back up right as the Warriors take the dip. I think it is still for Warriors listeners, Warriors followers to – follow this season uh, to look at Dallas and, and the way they're rising because the Warriors believe next season, you know, not that they're going to become what they were, but that they sh- could be a top four, top five team and who will be the challengers out there. Obviously, the Lakers, Clippers are, are, are rising, um, but it's just a different landscape than what they left. You know, I mean, Houston was the marquee opponent. Um, I think I think Denver, I, or I mean, uh, wh- where, where do you think Dallas is at? Because it just seems to me Luca's rise has coincided with a shocking, like, at the beginning of the season we were talking, like, man, this could, like, could they be an eight seed? Could they be a seven seed? Now it's like, you know, what, could they get to four or five? And, and what's their, like, how quickly could they be a contender? Yeah, I I had this whole uh, debate on a uh, uh, live Q and A. Uh, shout out! I'm sure all the athletic listeners are, are well 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 versed in that. Uh, and I don't think they're a contender this year. And Mavs fans are, are trying to hurry up this process. Uh, and my whole thing is like, just be patient. That this is the first year. You know, this is the first year they're going to be going to the playoffs. I think there is something to be said for a young team that goes to the playoff together and gets that experience together. You know, you think back to what what the what it did for the Warriors, you know, a uh, you know, their, their playoff the runs. Mark Jackson years. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, I think I think that that did set them up and, and gave them the expectations of what to expect when, you know, when Steve Kerr came and took over and then, you know, they won a won a finals that first year, of course. Uh, and, and so I think that this year is important for Dallas where, you know, they don't need to trade away young players, uh, you know, try to try to win now because I don't think that team is ready to do that uh but but i think as soon as next season uh that that is you know a a conversation that has to be had that that you know they do need to start thinking about uh you know all right is it is it time to start you know cashing in young players and stuff like that and uh 
you know and and really going for it and so that that is like like uh, this rise it, it seems quick it, it's crazy to think that this team is you know more or less locked into a playoff spot after winning 33 games last season uh but but it does seem very likely that that you know they're they're already headed that direction it's 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 been a quick rise but but you know this this team is coming together and, and Luca's ready to win now and that's the biggest yeah. thing he's their most important player and he's ready to, ready to win now and he's ready to be in the MVP conversation for for you know for pretty much every year that comes I'd assume so yeah I hope we get a Steph Curry Luca playoff series uh, at some point in the near future um man it'd be petty <laughs> think so so petty they're both petty players right yeah like on court petty like they they just like you know you uh you you like really try to lock up on defense. You look like you're uh, you're trying to stop them, and they're both just like they want to you know embarrass you. Yeah, they and want like to shimmy you know, afterwards. Exactly, exactly. And and Luca's definitely that type of player. We know Seth is. Yeah, I st- they seem to like each other a lot. I know like Luca worked out in the off season with him. Obviously, Seth's on the other bench, which like kind of adds to like the friendliness I'd say between uh, teams. Um, and I know I think Steph was kind of part of the. Re- Attempted recruitment to, to with Luca to Under Armour. Um, I think they eat, like each other's games. Draymond, I mean, on the record and off the record, is like crazy complimentary of Luca. Um, so I don't know. Is anyone hated on Luca? I mean, now you see LeBron giving these like LeBron is very selective with his, uh, you know, labels and quotes outwardly of people and he's been praising Luca. like I'm curious because a lot of times these foreign guys come in and like sometimes there's some hate I know Jokic I've heard it on and off the record some hate from some centers Luca doesn't seem to get that I think it's coming I mean he he obviously is James Harden light in a lot of ways and it is not you know nearly as egregious and in, in some of the stuff he does to draw fouls but you know there's definitely some pump fakes and and leaning into uh you know, three-point contests to get, you know, some cheap free throws. There's, you know, definitely some, uh, you know, pettiness, you know, like I was saying, where where he really does take it personally when, when people, like, just try to play defense on him, which is, which is the funniest thing. The, the way he kind of, you know, just looks back and, like, these looks of disgust he gives towards uh, people who dared to defend him, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's funny. So I do think that, you know, just like any superstar, there is going to be a heel turn. There, there will be a time that people do, you know, get more bothered by him just because he's good and he's beating you and it's the same thing with fans like you know fans are going to see him beat their favorite teams enough times you know here in the coming years that that you know there, there is going to be some level of of uh dislike given towards him just like any star yeah that comes with the playoffs like you said i mean that's part of the, the fire he needs to go through with this uh you know lack of playoff experience um you mentioned something earlier about uh the potential desire from some fans maybe to like rush the process a little and maybe sacrifice a little bit of the future for the present um the name just immediately popped in my head is Andre Iguodala obviously a a player Warriors fans very familiar with very curious how his situation is going to play out this season long term and when I say long term I mean next season uh a potential Warriors fit again I mean I think there's a lot of rumbling behind the scenes about Iguodala you know returning once he's eligible which isn't this season um but do you view the Mavericks to me like he's an obvious trade candidate with like the Warriors second rounder which by the way we can talk about the fact that the the Warriors second rounder is with Dallas and like a strange yeah and a Courtney Lee contract for like an Iguodala makes sense do you is that something you think Dallas would be interested in 
I think so. You know, they they have pushed back about it a little bit, and I think maybe a little bit too much. I, I do think it would make sense on this team. You know, obviously when you go into the playoffs, as, as many, you know, smart defensive-minded wings as you can have who, you know, have some offensive, you know, abilities. You know, Iguodala isn't the classic 3 and D, of course, but, you know, having another playmaker would actually be really helpful for this team. And I do think that, you know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm the first one to say don't, don't push, you know, don't push this. Don't, don't worry about the, you know, don't worry about the, fu- the, the present at expense of the future. Uh, but, but I do think a, a package like a Courtney Lee contract, you know, he's not going to be on the team next year. It's, it's only an expiring contract. That's all he is. Um, and, and, and that, that second round pick, you know, I, I do think that is the type of thing that you could do, you know, just to, you know, try to ease the, uh, the, the couple final couple months of this, uh, this season and, and, you know, help Luca out in whatever playoff series, even if, you know, there is an assumption that, that any playoff series that they do play is, is, you know, definitely more, you know, all going to be about the experience and the learning process and all that stuff. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you get to sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash dubs. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash dubs. That's calm.com slash D-U-B-S. Let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, it's good to go through those experiences with the chaperone, right? And and Iguodala would be the perfect guy to take Luca into those playoff series and say, hey, this is how it works in the playoffs. This is how a team – you may have had a great game one. This is how a team's going to adjust in game two. This is what Greg Popovich likes to do. Right, right. If you think about it, the most experienced player on Dallas right now, uh, playoff experienced, I think is Tim Hardaway Jr., who was in, like, what, two series with Atlanta? Yeah. Tim Hardaway Sr. Change Brea, obviously. Uh, but out of rotation players, yeah. uh, it's, it's Hardaway and then it's Seth Curry last season with uh, with Portland. He had a couple nice defensive moments on Steph in that series. That was super random. Um, that second-round pick, that's a good asset. Uh, that The Warriors didn't think was, was going to be a good asset. Dallas must not have thought it was going to be a good asset because nobody did. It, it, if people need a refresher, it is was attached to Andrew Bogut in the summer of 2016 when the Warriors get Durant to commit on July 4, 2016. Um, they need to get Bogut's contract off the books. They ship him to Dallas. They add that second-round pick. And at the time, you're figuring this is four years away, second-round pick. Kevin Durant's probably going to be around, you're thinking, at the time. But even if Kevin Durant's not around and does what he did, you're still going to have Steph. You're still going to have Clay. Like you're, That's still going to be like pick. 50 or above 44 or above at least at least a playoff team and suddenly this cratering came at the perfect time for the Mavericks that's you know at this point the Warriors lost tonight put them as the worst record in the NBA that because Atlanta won um let's assume they're not the worst especially if Steph comes back 
it's still probably going to be like the 34th, 33rd type pick. And like that's extremely valuable. To me, that's more valuable than the 27th, 28th, 29th pick because of just the freedom you have with second-round contracts. And that is early second round. Like that is a really good pick for Dallas. It, it kind of makes you think it kind of makes you think if, if that trade was even worth it. Would you rather have KD in two championships or the, the 30-something pick in the I mean, you could draft? get like a ninth man in the rotation <laughs> next year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously. You it's know, just things. like free money for Dallas. So it, it, I, it really it probably came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, you know, it you know, I think this season did materialize and all of a sudden like, oh, we do have a trade chip because you know, I, I think every you know, the the team went into the season with the understanding that they didn't really have much to trade for, for anyone. And and this this, you know, you know, the the worst collapse this season and all the injuries and all that, you know, did work out well for them. So, you know, it maybe it does make one of those trades, you know, like like for an Igadala or, or someone else. Uh, much more viable than it than it was before. So, you know, and and obviously there's a decent case for keeping it too, and, and just seeing if you know they they've hit on early second rounders before. Jay Crowder was uh, one name that comes to mind. Jalen Brunson was another early second rounder that, they, that they've had some success with. Um, you know, maybe because they have a Brunson on the roster, you know, that is, you know, maybe, maybe there isn't room for one. You know, they they are pretty. You know, I, I think there are at least twelve players pretty much locked into roster spots next season. Um, so you, you could make the argument that it's better to use that as, a, as an asset rather than getting another player. But but it, it does actually set up an interesting dilemma, question, problem, you know, asset, you know, whatever, whatever you know, whatever way you want to view it. It does make things more interesting than if it was just a, you know, 45th or 48th pick. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. What do you think of the Chase Center? Which, as by the way, we see Raymond Ritter giving Mark Stein a little tour. Uh, like always, Raymond Ritter his 980th tour of the season of Chase Center. Uh, what'd you think? I got a tour from uh, Brett Winkler this, oh. this this morning when I came to a shoot around that that was uh, actually not a shoot around, as it turned out. But I got a little tour. It's uh they've they've definitely put a little bit of money into this place. Is is there a Chase Bank here? It, can I? There is like across the street. Yeah. I, I don't want to cross the street. I want one like on the concourse that I can just go like. I'm sure with, there's Chase ATMs. I, I think I did hear that there's some ATMs. So uh, that, that that I guess that checks out for me. But uh, I don't know if it's nice. Tell her here at like 9 p.m. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it is. Um, An embarrassment to its name, then. If you don't have a teller, a 24/7 teller. I should mention before the podcast ends, Clay Thompson spoke tonight to the media, um, which was it was set up because he's getting his jersey retired at Washington State uh, on Saturday, and it was supposed to be all about Washington State, which um, it, you know that's that's why it was set up. He was supposed to talk pregame, shockingly didn't show up. Got here uh, basically after tip, so they had to push it to halftime. Didn't really show up at halftime. He gets into the his press conference with ten minutes ago in the third quarter. A um, bunch of beat reporters down there. Mostly, like I'd say, the first seven questions are about Washington State. I did ask him about his rehab. Uh, if you're curious about that quote, uh, you can go searching for it. Only mild bit of news is he hasn't ruled out playing this season. Um, but that happened tonight, so I had to mention that. Tim, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, do they play one more time? Are the Warriors back in Dallas? They probably are. I don't think so, actually. I think this was it. You know what? I think you're right. Yeah. Now that you say that. Um, so, all right. I'm like well, 99% sure on that one. Enjoy the playoffs this season. Enjoy, yeah. How long? What's the drought for Dallas? 2016 was the last time they were in the playoffs. They played the Rockets. They lost in five games because in game four, Raymond Felton scored like 22 points or something to keep them alive. 
Interesting. When did they play the Thunder? I covered that. Would that have been 15? Oh, was that 16? Was that 16? Yeah, the Rocket Series was 15. Okay, Rocket Series is 15. That, it's funny you mentioned Raymond Felton because he did save them. It was game two. Uh, he cooked Westbrook, and I remember I like gotten a little bit of a back and forth, a little tiff with wasn't, Westbrook. Wasn't wasn't there a wasn't there a Durant? No, no, no. There was a Kendrick Perkins putback. Somebody had a putback. No, Stephen Adams had a putback. Yes, that was after the shot clock expired. It would have won the game for the Thunder in Game Two, uh, but it was it was it was still on his fingertips with the uh, with with the buzzer expiring. Yeah, and that, so Dallas won that game. I remember two other things about that series. Uh, numero uno, actually three other things. Number one, uh, the Cameron Payne Westbrook dancing uh, at the scorers table <laughs> blew up because Charlie Villanueva got in the middle of it and it turned into a shoving match and that became like a huge thing. I remember Rick Carlisle really insinuating that the Thunder were dirty and trying to use Barry Trammell, my old uh, co-worker at the Oklahoma, and like in a press conference. It was super weird. And number three, the one people will probably remember the most. Um, Post so uh, Cuban said Westbrook wasn't a superstar during the series. He did, yeah. And then um, after the series was over, like the you know game five presser after the Thunder eliminated them, um, somebody asked Westbrook about Cuban saying that, and Durant blocked Westbrook's mic. It was like, let me answer that. He's an idiot. Um, and then so you know he's an idiot too. And it, and at the time it was like. Wow, look at this. This is such a sign of how much KD loves Oklahoma City. He's never going to leave here. Why do people keep saying that? Um, that aged yeah, very well. Very well. A few months <laughs> later. Uh, so anyway. I remember Cuban even, like, he, he gave his parameters of what a superstar was. And I, I, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. But I remember that under the parameters he gave, under, like, these, these three circumstances a superstar had to hit, like, Dirk didn't even hit it that season. And so I'm just like, are you, are you saying that like you're your homegrown superstar, or maybe maybe Dirk didn't hit it like the championship season? It was it, it was, was very funky. It was also horrendous timing because it was like yeah. this is that is the type of quote that is going to fire Russell Westbrook up. And I remember Westbrook because it's kind of having a sleepy series. You remember the you you mentioned the Felton game. It was because Westbrook like really was bad defensively, um, but I remember he had like a huge night after that and like of course that became the story like oh yeah not a superstar right um but you know maybe he was trying to fire westbrook up to make him shoot 40 times because some teams try to do that too (laughs) all right uh tim again held you a bit longer than expected but um i will talk who who warriors got next uh thursday tnt has to come in here and actually show the game thursday against the denver nuggets i would protest if i was a tnt employee Hey, I will be here. I will be working. I will be talking to the podcast listeners post game.